Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. It's about 13 minutes after 5 on this Monday morning. Debbie will be back tomorrow. Eric is back from exotic travels yeah. today. <laughs> yes, exotic. Yes, yes was uh, in Turks and Caicos. Oh, yeah. last week. It was I fantastic. said last week, I'd have taken Turks or Caicos. You got <laughs> right. both, so good was, for you. It was a fantastic trip. Just an incredible trip with some very close friends, so couldn't have been better, and happy to be back. Now, this is a British yes. territory? Yeah. Or, what so is you need, you need a, it's, it's country, so you need a passport to get in okay. there, and uh, you drive on the opposite side of the road. And, and you drove? Yeah, oh yeah. Wheel why did you, why did you do that? Of the car. Oh, I, no thought way. I, I thought about you because my boy Vince would be <laughs> nope. hating this. <laughs> um, but interesting thing, it, it, actually, you adapt to it fairly quickly with the wheel being on the opposite side and whatnot. But what I found is that, like, no one pays attention to the speed limit, and there are no stoplights. None. I did not see one stoplight. It's all, like, four-way stops or stop signs? No, it's all just... roundabouts. Oh, sure, right. Or variations of a roundabout. And for the most part, very few speeders. Because there's one thing they have there that we have here, too. Red light cameras? No. <laughs> no. Bump the, outs? The one thing they have everywhere there, speed bumps. Everywhere. Oh, right. So, like, you can, you can only go so fast before you're going to bounce on one of those things. So that kind of tempers uh, the speeders a little bit. I suppose the majority there, that were operating their own vehicles. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> As opposed to the stolen Kia. Yeah, yeah probably. You don't care whether you, you get airborne off the speed bump. <laughs> it's either their own or it's someone like me right, renting, exactly. and then I don't care about you know going airborne either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, watch this. Yeah, we <sighs> My kids, they actually, they believe, they firmly believe that it's better if I went the same speed over the speed bumps than if I went slower. They're like, <laughs> no, it's easy. It's, it's smoother for the ride. If Absorbing I, it. Boom. Let the vehicle do the work. It's designed for this. Fine, kids. Yeah, okay. It is 514. Brandon Snide has sports. All your opening day news just ahead on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Bucks entered the night with only five games left to play, and after an embarrassing defeat to the Celtics on Thursday, Milwaukee was determined to right their ship. Carter slings it near side to Crowder to Giannis. Giannis right of the lane. Puts it on the floor. Goes to work. A head fake. Gets Reed into the air. Gets the contact and gets the shot to go with a foul. Oh, a savvy play. And a little panache for the Greek freak with another free throw on the way. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ as Giannis gets the and one there and would go on to score 30 more to finish with 33 as the Bucks go wire to wire to secure their 56th win of the season, defeating the Philadelphia 76ers by a final score of 117 to 104. The Bucks came out hot, scoring 41 in the first quarter, and Coach Bud knows when his team and his offense gets rolling, look out. Yeah, you know, I think whenever the ball's moving, then, you know, I think good things happen for us. I thought Chris set a, you know, a good tone for us offensively, made, made some shots, made some passes. Uh, you know, he seemed like he was in a good rhythm right from, uh, right from the beginning. That always helps. Brooke Lopez dropped 21 in cash. Money Middleton added 19 in the Bucks. Lower their magic number to three with the win, and they only have four games left remaining to play. Milwaukee is back at it Tuesday as they get set to visit the Washington Wizards. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. Over to the Diamond after losing on opening day and then winning on Saturday. 
The Brewers were looking for their first series win of the season, and with the score tied at two in the fourth inning, Garrett Mitchell got the party started. First pitch swinging. It's a line drive down the right field line. It's going to roll all the way to the wall. Anderson's around second. They're going to wave him around third. Mitchell on his way to third. Here's the throw to the plate. It will be cut off. And Garrett Mitchell with an RBI triple gives the Brewers a 3-2 lead. Jeff Lever down the call right here on WTMJ as Mitchell with a stand-up triple there would only to begin be the beginning of an offensive onslaught. The next inning with two on in the sixth inning, Jesse Winker wanted in on the fun. Merriweather ready in his pitch. Swing and a line drive left center field, headed towards the gap down. Two runs will score as Yelich streaks to third. Brewers advance their lead to five to two. The crew would go up five to two there and add four more runs on their way to beating the Cubs by a final of nine to five, securing their second win in a row and their first series win of the very early season after the game. General Manager Craig Council credits his team putting the ball in play at the right time for a big offensive day at the plate. I mean, I thought that, you know, the conditions flipped to just kind of a neutral day. And, um, you know, we, we swung the bats well today. I thought we swung the bats very well. We put the ball in play a lot um, at the right times. And, and um, with, with the amount of traffic we had, that led to some good results. Next up for the Brewers is the home opener today. First pitch is set for 110, of course, you can always tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 1235. And finally over to College Hoops as LSU takes down Iowa in the women's final four by a final score of 102 to 85 to secure the program's first ever title and also the most points ever scored by a team in a D1 women's final. The men's national championship is all set for tonight between San Diego State and UConn. Tip-off is set for 820. This college basketball tournament update is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Coming up, the runs, hits, and errors. Everything you need to know about opening day. First pitch, the flyover. Who's singing the national anthem? We'd be better off listening to adhesive tape. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Next on Wisconsin's Morning News. the home opener for your Milwaukee Brewers just hours from now. Hope to hear it start exactly like this. Opening pitch. Bullseye. We are underway. Bob Euchre on the call from American Family Field today. 12.35 is our broadcast time. First pitch scheduled for 1.10 this afternoon. We'd be better off listening to adhesive tape. <laughs> Parking lots for the game at American Family Field scheduled to open at 10.10 this morning. Though experience has taught us they often open earlier. Put away the snow plow and come on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gates gates to the ballpark open an hour later than that, two hours before first pitch, so eleven ten this morning. Always one of my favorite days. The home Everybody, opening. Right? Absolutely. Even if you're not it. there, you just feel a spirit and yeah. energy around. It's opening day. Mm-hmm. And we'll be out there all morning long. Steve's going to be out there. Greg Matzik will be in the dugout. You're going to be out there for a bit, so lots going At on. At some point, we'll join the crew. J- is yeah. Jason there? Jason, yeah, so Jason Smith is there right now. Okay. So I don't know. As you know, they do the dog and pony show always every home opener. So that like they'll trot out. All, all the TV stations are there. Usually the anchors of all the local TV stations are there, and they'll trot out all the people. So he, he sent in this report. I thought you'd appreciate this. This is early on when things are just getting started. I'm looking at a big opening day sign right on the Jumbo Trial. The sausages just walked past me. I got video of them. You can check that out on Twitter. Right now they're standing behind um, a table full of food that the media can go get. 
um, and, and eat. So I'm probably going to be heading there. It is 5 o'clock in the morning. I am a little hungry. But other than that, yeah, it's chill so far. Um, we're still waiting on the people to come out for us to interview, talking to a lot of important people today. But right now, the sausages are the main attraction so far. <laughs> so that's what we got so far. And they're not good on radio, <laughs> the sausages. Let me just tell you. Right, yeah. It's one thing to pull off a TV interview with them. but mm. Yeah, so we have to wait. Usually, like, the grounds crew will be out there. Yeah. You know, we'll hear about some of the food opportunities that are being offered this year and whatnot. So National Anthem will be just before 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, 14-year-old Liamani Segura will sing the National Anthem. Uh, she's uh, from Racine, or Racine native anyway. Yeah. Uh, she's been doing the National Anthem for Brewer's Crowd since she was 9 and is now in the Disney Plus series, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. So you got that for the National Anthem. Fly over today from a B-1 bomber. So don't cool. be spooked by that if you see that low flying That'll be awesome. <laughs> over there. That's coming out of the 28th bomb wing of Ellsworth Air Force Base in South Dakota. The ceremonial first pitch uh, just before the actual first pitch, and that's going to be Chief Master Sergeant of Space Force, Roger Toberman. I, he has Wisconsin ties. I believe he's either from here or went to school Friend here. Friend of the show, right? Yes, he's been on we've, the had, we've had him on the program. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. Wow. I told him. So baseball back at American Family Field. Again, 1235 is our broadcast time, but we are already in the pregame show. News about your money this morning in the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. Dow Jones Industrial Average at 32,274. The NASDAQ closed Friday at 12,222. It was up 200 points. And the S&P 500 at 4109. Get on track with investment and retirement planning. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click on the Get Started button today. Bullseye! Twenty minutes before six o'clock on Wisconsin's morning news. Midwest Gaming Classic is in the books for twenty twenty three. The downtown convention center was full of gamers, collectors, tech junkies of all walks and ages. Don't those sound doesn't that just make you happy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> does it just oh, make you man. happy? Most so fascinating part for me, and I went on Sunday, I took my son Max, the most fascinating thing is the, the museum. They literally call it the museum, where you can play all these old at-home consoles. And so, as I mentioned, I brought Wisconsin's Morning News gaming and tech correspondent mm-hmm. Max Vetrano yeah. with me, because there's stuff in there most of us don't remember nor even ever heard of. Okay, tell me what console we're playing here. The Fairchild Channel F, specifically the second model. About the same time as Atari 2600, so like late 70s. I've never seen this before. How long did this last? Not very long. It had uh, one revision and was not very popular, probably due to its weird controller. Well, and also it looks like we're just playing knockoffs. I mean, this is literally Space Invaders. Yeah, uh, everyone was knockoffs at the time. What do you mean everyone was knockoffs? Every company was ripping off every other company at the time because legality of everything was still being worked on. I think that's kind of true. Like, you look at, like, everybody had Donkey Kong, right? Coleco had Donkey, ColecoVision had Donkey Kong, Atari had it, you know, like, there are all these different versions, you know, and he's like, it was just sort of the Wild West of, you know, when gaming consoles came out, everybody was sort of ripping everybody else (laughs) off. doing the same thing. He also, Max, desperately wanted to play and did get to do it, what he says is the worst video game console ever. Okay, mission accomplished. You've played what you call the worst video game system of all time. 
Yes, the Philips CDI. It was like mid-90s, Nintendo went to Philips and was like, hey, you want to help us? And so they basically allowed Philips to use some of their IPs like Mario and Zelda in their own games for their terrible console. And they were <laughs> the worst games of all time. Why? Because they were made by incompetent developers and were just generally horrible ideas. <laughs> like <laughs> Hotel Mario here, what's wrong with that? It's a game where you literally have to close doors. Mario has to close doors, and that's the whole game. It did look like that. That was about it. Like, so what happens next? That's it. This is all you do is close doors. The marketplace is another huge part of this. So, you know, resellers or resellers, if you will, from from all over the Midwest selling this old stuff. Yeah. And there was always a market, you know, for vintage gaming. But, like, as we've talked about, it exploded during COVID, where people both got nostalgic, were locked up in our houses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they dug out their old stuff, and then they wanted games to play their old stuff or whatever. So uh, this is Melissa Bethel. She's with Gamers Island in the St. Paul, Minnesota area. Have you ever had somebody come up to you at one of these and be like, I've been looking for this, like, forever. You're oh, saving all the it. time, all the time, yeah. Like, what, that's, what, that's, what are they looking for? That's just the best part about this is when someone comes and they, you know, it could be a $5 game, it could be a $500 game, and just knowing that you provided that thing awesome. that made them excited is great. So that, and then the costumes... A lot of oh. cosplay going. <laughs> you sent me some pictures. Some interesting outfits. Some very unique cosplay. I don't is that is that what that is? It looked like I guess. getting out of bed wearing their PJs. <laughs> well what's funny about this is it sort of like blends a lot of things together. So you've got the gamers, but then you have like there's an anime sort yeah. of element to it also. Sure. And then there's like just the fantasy games. So you got guys walking around with swords and stuff mm -hmm. and just like they all kind of blend together. Right. And then there's this sort of this the 80s threw up in there too. Like they had, <laughs> they had a DeLorean that was awesome. tricked out. Like awesome. Back to the Future. Knight Rider was there. I saw that. The Excellent. Knight Industries 2000. Oh, good. So, the best one. So it's all. It's just this weird, just mashup of people, and it was. It's fascinating. So that's the Midwest Gaming Classic. If you missed it, expecting it back next spring at the Wisconsin Center. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After a cold start to the season for the Milwaukee Brewers, the offense and the speed was on full display Sunday in the rubber match down in Chicago. RBI chance form with some flyers on the base paths. The pitch. Lone in the dirt gets away from Gomes. Runners trying to advance. And they will. Jeff Levering with a call right here on WTMJ with the score three to two Brewers. Both Bryce Terrain and Joey Weimer would advance to second and third there. And that would give Jesse Winker a chance to break open the game. Very weather ready in his pitch. Swing and a line drive, left center field, headed towards the gap, down. Two runs will score as Yelich streaks to third. Brewers advance their lead to 5-2. to two. Winker would knock two runs in there, and the Brewers would score five runs in the sixth inning on their way to a 9-5 victory for their first series win of the season over the Chicago Cubs. Eric Lauer did get the start and got the win, going five and one-third innings and striking out six on his way. After the game, manager Craig Council knows the team speed is apparent, and it's more than just on offense. You know, Bryce's game today is a is a great. You know, he obviously had a good offensive day on base four times, but I thought the the stuff he did on defense and on the bases was 
just as impressive. I mean, it's an infield hit, it's a dirt ball read. You know, Joey beat out the double play. So those things, you know, collectively they start to add up, and they get you, maybe get you an extra out somewhere, put you in a better position on the bases with with runners, and make the pitcher have a little more pressure. So then it's where it shows up. It's where speed shows up. It's something that you know we we just haven't had like kind of group team speed and we have a number of players that that run really well and it makes it made a difference in the game today next up for the brewers is the home opener today first pitch is set for 110 freddie peralta is slated to get the start didn't catch full coverage right here on wtmj beginning at 12 35 and over to the nba where the bucks were looking to rebound after a dismantling loss thursday against boston and started out the first quarter against Philly, setting the tone early and often. Giannis into the front court, throws the Jets on, a little crab step inside, passes to the right end. Three-pointer, and Joe Ingles is just going to step in and say, I want a little bit of that momentum. I'm going to feed on it. The Bucks feeding off each other, snowballing in the favor of the green and white tonight. The Bucks would use a 41-point first quarter, but things would kind of tighten up in the second half. But as he usually does, Giannis, he's always there to answer when they need it most. Giannis has it going the other way. Six seconds to work with. Giannis with a stutter step. Takes it into the paint. Attacks the rack. Sends it down with a grown man dunk. Oh, the Greek freak. He's eating now. That dunk right there would send the Bucks up 14 heading into the fourth quarter, and they would easily take on to beat the 76ers by a final score of 117-104 to for their 56th win of the season. Bobby Portis, who had himself a pretty good game off the bench, dropping 18 points, and he knew... This was a big game and a big test for his squad. You know, obviously coming off a road trip, big-time road trip out west, and then coming back east and playing Detroit, Indiana, um, you know, having a four-game road trip like that and coming back home and not playing up to part um, definitely stung a little bit, um, especially the way they beat us. So um, just let that sink in for, you know, the last 48 hours. And, you know, it was time to get out here and start the ball again, man. You know, teams start peaking at the right time around this time. Hopefully, you know, we can be a part of that. Milwaukee is back at it Tuesday as they get set to visit the Washington Wizards. Tip-off is set for 6 p.m. 549 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up, a couple of major downtown projects to talk about. That's next. couple of downtown real estate types decisions that I uh, wanted to bring to your attention today. City of Milwaukee is considering the future of an aging parking structure in really a prime spot of downtown that ought to be space better utilized. And don't get me wrong, I do think there very much needs to be a parking structure here, but what else could it also be is sort of what the conversation is about. So make it taller, basically? Yeah, it might have to be taller uh, to, to keep at least the number of spaces that they have. We're talking about the six-story structure that's just north of the Marcus Performing Arts Center at Water and State downtown. So Water Street is its sort of forward-facing what what could maybe be some retail or some yeah, other things yeah. there. Right now it's just a parking structure, and it's connected via Skywalk to the Marcus Performing Arts Center, which I think you got to keep. I mean, a lot of folks like to park undercover. You know, they're, the prime of their season is going on in the winter months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's it's super convenient. But it's it's an aging structure, probably needs work anyway. And really, could this space be better utilized? Um, regarding that conversation, I did reach out to the Marcus Performing Arts Center. Now, they don't own the facility. They release it from the city, but they're involved in this as well. And here's what Marcus said. Uh, Marcus Performing Arts Center and the Department of City Development working to release an RFP, so request for proposal in the near future. We'll seek redevelopment prospects 
for the site now occupied by the parking structure. Work is ongoing. We'll have more information to share in the near future once the RFP is ready to be released publicly. So in other words, RFP, request for proposal, they're looking for other developers to imagine the space for them. What do you got? What's your idea for this? So could it be first floor retail? Could there be restaurants, bars, that type of thing? Could there be a residential component, maybe off to the side? Sure. Could you separate that out? You know, the garage covers a pretty important part, I think, of Water Street. And one of the issues that I have with Water Street in that stretch there is it's like it's not contiguous. You know, you've got the, the bar district down there, a little bit north of there off of Juneau. So you have the Irish pub, the three Irish pubs. Mm-hmm. What else is over there? Um, I'm missing oh. the big one. Yeah. You thought about like McGillicuddy. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was the one I was yeah. thinking of. So you have all that, and then you sort of have this gap right there where there's just parking structure. Mm-hmm. And then you have this huge draw in the Marcus Performing Arts Center. It would be great to connect that with more stuff to do. So if they could have some sort of you know, attraction-based stuff in there. Another tavern, perhaps? Because we need <laughs> what we need on Water I, no, Street. I see what you mean, though. Something it's that, another bar. Because but... you could draw the traffic, the, the foot sure. traffic could go to and for. Yeah. And def- definitely support there being a major parking component uh, there. So that's in the... Not so near future, but requests for proposals being put out. The other, when when you were gone, Eric, we talked about this a little bit on the news. Chase Tower, one of downtown Milwaukee's oldest office towers, is getting a makeover. They sent a news release about what they're talking about. This is the, because the building is largely black. It says Chase on the top. When we were kids, it was 794. When we were kids, it was the Marine Bank building. Remember, my dentist's office was in there. Really? Yeah. Because they had a whole bunch of, you know, they had office space and then various other things. Wow. I remember always it was cool because we'd go there, and his chair looked out over the river and onto Gimbel's, oh, which was across the street awesome. over. But, you know, that was one good thing about going to the dentist. Right, when you were a kid. the view. Like, I'll take the view, I guess. The teeth cleaning, not so much. <laughs> but they're going to invest in the building. They're talking about um, a major invest, multi-million dollar renovation is what they're calling it. So they're going to really spruce up the lobby area at the the Chase Bank building, open to attract other tenants because right now there's some 40% vacant. So they want to move more people in there, obviously, make better use of that space. And I think if they spruce it up a little bit, they'll be able to do that. But classic old structure in downtown Milwaukee. Used to be that, and then the first Wisconsin building, and that was that. That was it, right? (laughs) Right? For for sort of your modern office Mm -hmm. towers in the city when we were kids. So uh, important stuff happening in downtown Milwaukee. All good. 557 on Wisconsin's Morning News.